Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, guys, what uh, ending to this to what was mostly a really disappointing game from the Utah Jazz. Let's talk about all of it and what happened. It's the Hoops Nerd Post Game Show. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about the fight. Uh, not a little bit, a little bit, maybe a lot. I don't know. We'll talk about the refs too. And kind of what happened. But first, let's just give credit to the Indiana Pacers. They came into this game, uh, uh, back end of a back-to-back, in altitude. And they came in, they just kind of bullied the Jazz. Uh, This was not a very impressive showing from Utah, who came into this game looking like the tired. You wouldn't like if someone didn't know who played the night before, you probably would have guessed the Jazz were the team playing on the back end of a back-to-back. Because Indiana came in and just like, they just took it to the Jazz. They out-rebounded the Jazz, especially on the offensive boards. The Jazz just could not defensive rebound in this one, which is a problem the Jazz had last year at the end uh, in the playoffs and things. And it reared its head today. Kind of a red flag, to be honest. Uh, You know, and it's kind of interesting because Rudy Gobert's had such an impressive rebounding season, but not tonight at least. Uh, tonight, let's see, Rudy Gobert ends with 11 rebounds, but he's been averaging around like 16 to 18 at times. So anyway, so you got to give credit to the Pacers who do, who do play, uh, really big. They have a lot of size where you start with Demonis Sabonis and Miles Turner. So maybe it shouldn't be that surprising that they did really well on the boards. Uh, the guy of, you know, the, for the Indiana Pacers, really the player of the game was TJ McConnell, who absolutely just took it to the jazz. Tonight, TJ McConnell was 10 of 14 from the field, uh, one for one from three. He doesn't take a lot of threes, but the one he took, he made eight rebounds, five assists, one steal, 21 points. I mean, he was just a monster tonight for the Indiana Pacers, just a monster, you know, and, you know, jazz fans are mad about the refs and rightfully so we'll talk about that. But I mean, the the jazz just, they just didn't play with a lot of life, like, Honestly, the fight at the end of the game was a lot the most fight I saw from anyone on this team outside of like Donovan Mitchell, you know? You just didn't really see a lot of fight. Maybe a little from Royce, but he's a defender. Uh, not a lot. And so you just got to give credit to the Pacers who played really hard and played really well. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon had 30 points in this one. He had 9 rebounds and 4 assists. He was just he was just awesome. 8 for 9 from the free throw line. I mean, uh, really interesting. And you know, the jazz fan, like jazz fans are uh, like, we'll talk, I don't know, maybe we should just start talking about the refs a little bit, but I just wanted to make sure to give credit to the Pacers that they won this game, whether the refs were good in this game or not, the jazz just did not come out in this one and did not play well. They just didn't. And the Pacers did. And that's why they lost. Now we're going to talk about the refs and the refs did suck. Oh my gosh. Uh, Kenny, wow. Uh, Elliot Matson, baby Elliot Matson, horrible refs. Yes. Austin R. Grant finally made a live chat. It's nice to have the editor extraordinaire in the chat tonight. Uh, Pacers outplayed the Jazz for sure. I'm worried about this Jazz team. Yes. There are a few red flags, and one is those rebounding issues. 
Uh, finally, Austin R. Grant, so tired of the Jazz coasting in the first half of games. Yeah, it's just the Jazz do look like a team that's just kind of coasting through the season, and there's some things that are frustrating that are going on that continue to happen, and I'm a little worried. You know, and I know it's like, uh, let's see, the Jazz are now, what, 8-4, and four, 12 games in, but now we're starting to see a little bit of pretty big sample size here of some things. Uh, first off, the refs were bad because they just weren't calling certain things. If you're an NBA official, you need to make sure that you're calling fouls, uh, especially when you notice two guys are going at it. And Miles Turner and Rudy Gobert were going at it this whole game. And there were a few things that happened that these NBA officials need to be aware of. If you saw, there was that one dunk where Rudy Gobert dunked the ball. The ball went off, off Miles Turner's like face and got a stare down from Rudy. And he was pissed about it. I'm going to actually go through this again, although I have to wait because of NBA League Pass rules. And I wouldn't mind breaking down this fight because in some ways it was a little bit funny. <laughs> I think Rudy was trying to grab him and kind of throw him to the ground, but Miles Turner's really big and strong, so he wasn't able to. So it ended up turning into like, you know, like wingspan fighting. I don't know. It was kind of bizarre. <laughs> but I think Rudy tried to throw him down. Miles Turner's too big and strong. So then they ended up just being locked up and then got separated. And then it was brouhaha. But uh, basically what needs to happen is that NBA officials need to be aware of what's going on. And if there is two guys that are fighting and going at it, you need to call fouls on it. You just do. S Let's see. We got a new rookie. Von Bauer. C. Von Bauer. 18. I love it. Von Bauer. Welcome to rookie, my friend. 18. I like it. Is that Peyton Manning? I can't remember. Welcome to rookie. A rookie with promise. You're welcome here. I I'm excited to see you in the chat. So anyways, why the NBA officials are dumb sometimes is because you've got to notice when there's stuff like this going on because then you get a motion like this coming out and you get guys ejected that shouldn't have been ejected. Honestly, why Donovan Mitchell was ejected, I don't know. That's crazy town. But uh, if you see Rudy Gobert and Miles Turner are going at it and they're going at it all game. And by the way, Rudy Gobert was getting hacked by that Advijad guy. What was his name? Uh, the guy that was like yelling at his own coaches last year. Uh, what was his name? He got four fouls in like five minutes. Uh, Bedad Bedadzi. I oh, I forgot how to say his name. Bedadzi. Anyways, in six minutes twenty five seconds, he had four fouls. He was just going out there and he was hacking Gobert. And Gobert, one thing that Rudy needs to start working on is fight through it. You know. And I wonder if there's a little bit of a scouting report out there that you can bully Rudy Gobert and get in his head. You know, there might be a little bit of that where if you go hack him and you send in Badazi or whatever, however you say his name, and he's hacking Gobert, Gobert's going to get frustrated and he starts complaining to the refs and he kind of, uh, you know, pouts as he runs down the floor. And now he's out of the game, you know, and so there might be a little bit of that. And so you can see why Rudy's mad if he's getting fouled, but Rudy's got to fight through it. Uh, Austin R. Grant, $9.99. My friend, thank you so much. These losses might be what forces Quinn to be put under pressure and the front office to consider taking a three-point darling for a wing bit. Trading a three-point darling for a wing D. Rudy Gay taking possessions from Jay-Z will be nice. Or from JC will be nice. Yes, Rudy Gay is going to come in. I hope Rudy Gay's good. You know, it's going to be <laughs> like... But by the way, Austin, I think thank you so much, man. 
Uh, I really appreciate it. And I actually do. I was talking to, you know, some people send me DMs um, and I talk to people. Some people from the channel send me DMs and some people from Twitter. I'm not going to name names, but they send me DMs because they say the things to me that they don't want to say public. And I'm okay with that. Guess what? I'm going to say what I think on Twitter. And you know what? Some people get mad, but you're always going to get honesty with me. That's why people sometimes get mad at me on this channel because I'll say what I want. So anyways, thank you, Austin. I agree. The Jazz need to make a wing, uh, a trade for some sort of wing defender. Uh, there's a lot of guys out there. And after tonight, I think you definitely need to think about your defensive rebounding because the Jazz got killed with this in the playoffs. And, you know, people will say, oh, the Pacers are 4-8. and eight. How did they lose to a 4-8 and eight team? A lot of the games the Pacers have lost this year have been really close. Like just bad luck, bad, you know, ball didn't bounce their way. This is a team that's much better than their record. And Rick Carlisle's a good coach. I'm actually surprised they're 4-8. and eight. But they're like a team that could be eight and four, and you wouldn't be surprised because they just had a few things not go their way. Uh, Will Bowden, uh, $5. Thank you, Will. I appreciate it. You're the man. Terrible night for us. Hope no suspensions for the Miami game. Or let's see, for the Miami game. Or maybe you mean Indiana, but uh, worried about us. But emotions are running high. Maybe this is the wake-up call we needed. Maybe. I hope so, and I agree, Will. Like I hope there's not like big-time suspensions. But honestly, the fight at the end of the game was a little more than I saw the whole game because and going back to what I was saying about Rudy is there might be like a thing out there that says, hack him, send out Badadzi, however you say his name. I hate it when I don't know how to say their name. Uh, go hack him and just get him mad and it you'll take him out of the game mentally. Uh, and I think there's a little bit of that out there because we've seen it with Miami. Miami bullied Rudy. And he kind of just got mentally checked out because he wasn't getting the he like getting pushed around or getting fouled or whatever. And he doesn't get the calls and he looks at the refs as he's running down the floor and he mentally checks out. And Rudy's got to work on that. Rudy's got to figure out instead of complaining of the refs, instead of looking at the refs, instead of like shaking your head and 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 talking about getting pushed off and all these things. Fight back. Fight back. Foul them. Give a hard foul to them. Force the ref's hand because what happens this game is Rudy was complaining this whole game and the refs did do a bad job, by the way. They did not do a good job of controlling this game. They did not because honestly, part of what the ref's job is to create order. You know, you need these refs to create order in the system. Otherwise, if it's just, you know, if it's just backyard basketball and guys can do whatever they want, people are going to get mad. And that's why you have fights in the gym, you know, and things like that. Your referees need to create order. And when someone like Ed Malloy, who has had way too much hairspray, and some of that hairspray has somehow dissipated down and he sniffed it in for about 50 years, has not allowed him to improve as an NBA official. The guy has so much hairspray, you pull a splinter out of his head. It feels like a wood shard, his hair. The guy doesn't know how to ref a game. But what do they what they need to do is create order. They need to create order. And they didn't. So when you have two guys that just are frustrated and then just start getting chippy and then bit by bit, it just builds up to what happened at the end of this game. If they would have called the foul on that play, this fight wouldn't have happened. You know? Or if they would have been paying attention to Rudy pulling him down because by the way, Rudy was basically at fault for this fight. It was Rudy's fault. He kind of initiated it. 
if they call the foul or call the double foul or even a tech on Rudy or something, then this doesn't happen. But because the refs do nothing, this the players feel like they have to take things into their own hand because these guys are proud guys and they're going to do what they feel like if they're going to get disrespected and the refs aren't going to hold that order of the game, then they're going to take matters into their own hands. And that's what happened tonight. And that's why Ed Malloy is a moron and Joey Acosta is, a, is an idiot. He's stupid. And these guys get paid way too much, by the way, for how poor they do. Uh, let's see. Michael Well Whelan, $4.99. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate it. We can't keep saying small sample size when it's the same problems from the last couple of years. That's a good point. Um, because, you know, we can say, you know, how are they different this year and last year? Well, it's the same players. It's the same coach. They're doing the same kind of system we saw, you know. I mean, really, what the difference this year has been Eric Pascal has been awesome. He has been really nice pickup. Hassan Whiteside has been awesome. Just an awesome pickup. And just a massive upgrade, honestly. If we're being honest, Hassan Whiteside has been a huge upgrade. And maybe one of the big reasons this Jazz team has the record it does. Everyone talks about how we've been playing uh, poorly, and that's, you know partly true although i donovan's having like an all nba season right now holy smokes last four games donovan's like 30 points per game six assists four rebounds and like one and a half steals per game or something like that donovan's on a tear and tonight was no different um but that white side signing has been huge because this jazz team has honestly been a little underwhelming there are some red flags out there and tonight was one of them uh will bowden rest in peace izzy by the way can i just thank you will for that and also a reminder Guys, we have to do better. I We've talked about this before, but I have four kids. Teach your kids to call out other kids when they say the N-word or bully other kids, especially kids of color uh, in in this state, especially. It's just horrible. It's horrible. Please, everyone, sit your kids down and teach them about how horrible the N-word is and also to just tell their friends to not support that and call it out when they can. And I know it's hard. It's really hard, but we've got to do better. You know, I mean, bullying, I don't know if you're ever going to get bullying and get rid of bullying in general, but can we at least teach our kids uh, that these things are, are horrible and going on and they need to stop. And by the way, this stuff, I wouldn't be surprised because they had a thing at the beginning of the game. Donovan Mitchell was tweeting about this, this girl who, uh, I mean, it's just so horrible, guys. It's so horrible to think that a 10-year-old girl getting bullied like this and teachers uh, who were being told that this was happening did nothing. And there's, like, people saying that maybe even were a part of it. Uh, I don't know all the details, but to, the, to get to the point where a 10-year-old girl commits suicide, guys, I mean, that is just... There's just nothing more horrible... I just can't imagine anything more horrible. I just can't. It's just terrible. You know? I honestly it makes me emotional. It's I just can't imagine my four kids. I I don't know how I could go on if that happened with one of my kids. I don't know. You know, and for that parent to feel so helpless and to go for help and then not get it and to have the school district not do anything. I mean, it's horrible, guys. It's absolutely devastating. It's there are just not words to describe how horrible that is. And I'm, you know, Donovan was tweeting about it. Joe Ingles was tweeting about it. Joe Ingles talked 
to the parent and heard the story, and I'm sure it's horrific, and I'm sure it's just terrible. It's just terrible. And I'm sure that that emotion was in this game. I'm sure it was. You know? How, I mean, honestly, you're playing basketball. Who cares? A little girl committed suicide from being bullied because of the color of her skin. And no one did anything. You know? it. You know, kids are can be the worst. But you would expect that the grown-ups and the adults around there would actually do something. You know? You would think. And they didn't. And that's why there's a federal investigation because of all this stuff going on. And it needs to stop. It needs to stop. And so I would, everyone, if you can, go go, donate to the, the GoFundMe if you can. But can we please teach our kids to call that stuff out and and stop it? And just, you know, if the, and this is getting political, but if our government is not going to teach kids in school about these things, can we at least teach our kids, you know, please, please? Anyways, I'm sure that played a part in this whole thing, and I'm sure it's part of why the Jazz came out, like, lackadaisical, and, and they just seemed down. Like, there was just, it was very lifeless, you know? Uh, so, it's just, you know, it's just crazy. And guys, please don't, let's see. Um, Will Bowden, nobody should, $2, thank you, Will, I appreciate it. Nobody should say the N-word or the R-word uh, again. I agree. You know, but especially white people like me, you know, I, I'm not going to get into that and who can say what and when and what, like white people like me should not ever, ever, ever use a derogatory term like that ever, ever, ever. And we should teach our kids that that is up there with all the other things you should never say and do, you know, it's just got to be something that we teach our kids. Come on, we can all do better. We have to, you know, and if like the government and and leadership in this state is not going to do anything to change it or try to figure out ways to teach why these things are bad, then we've got to do it. You ready? Showtime on May 3rd. Summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, it's, it's, we've got to, I, I, you know, I don't know. That's all I'm going to go into that. Uh, Michael Whelan, 499. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate it. Another shot to thank you for using this space to talk about things that matter so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. I, you know, I'm not here to like talk politics, but it's, it happened and it's terrible. And, and it affected the players tonight. hundred percent, like a hundred percent. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, told my nephew the same thing about bullying today after hearing about this. Fombauer, 18. Thank you, Fombauer. Uh, $5. I really appreciate it. And yes, we've got to, like, honestly, talk, if you teach your kids and tell them to call it out when they see it, then they will talk to their friends. And hopefully this kind of spreads. I mean, the idea here. Okay, let's just talk about it just a little bit. If your feeling about this is that it's not as bad as people say, or I haven't seen it, so it's not there. It's just, that's not the right viewpoint. It's just not. What the viewpoint needs to be is, this is a horrible thing that happened, and this person is saying these things were going on, and no one helped us out, and instead of just kind of ignoring or saying, no, you're crazy, I've never seen that, we need to listen to them, and we need to find out what happened. We need to find out why it happened, where, and why nothing was done, you know? And if this is like a rampant thing in Davis County, and especially like the Davis School District, something needs to happen, you know? Because guess what? You're not going to be able to stop kids from bullying each other. We should definitely keep trying. We should definitely keep doing everything we can to stop it teaching our kids, having programs, uh, you know, doing things in schools and, and, and reach outs and things like that to help when bullying happens, because bullying is, is not okay. It's just something that happens, but the more we can teach our kids, the less it will happen. But, but when you have people saying like, Hey, there are racist things going on and we need you to stop it. And if the people in the Davis school district just say, Oh, I didn't, you know, I never seen anything like that. Or if worst case scenario or like worse, they're like seeing it and just allowing it to happen or like even worse joining in. It's a problem. So something like this needs to be figured out. You, you know, a lot of this racism stuff is a cancer. And sometimes it's like a benign tumor that just sits in someone's body. And because it hasn't killed them, you don't root it out. And it's something that you have to cut out. You have to pull it out. And you, it t it's going to be painful. It's going to take time. And it's going to be like, you know, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. But when you have a situation like this and you realize there's a tumor there and there are people in this school district that are not doing their jobs and, if, at, and maybe worse, perpetuating, cut them out. Cut the tumor out. You know? And then he, try to heal, try to heal. And you know what happens if you, if someone loses their job or if certain people are fired or let go, then it sends a message and it lets people know from this day forward, we're not going to let this happen. But when we just say like, oh, I've never seen it. I don't, I've never, then nothing happens. And the status quo is not okay in this situation. It's just not, you know? So anyways, I'm sure that this type of stuff was, this emotion was lingering with Donovan. I like, and people have mentioned in the chat, I am so sick of it. I personally am so sick of it. I am so sick of having to talk about it. I am so sick of these things happening and reading these headlines and this stuff going on. It's, it's so frustrating. I am so sick of it. Personally, so tired of it. And I'm sure everyone else has like, it's so exhausting, so exhausting.
for this to keep happening. And, you know, like we can't get that little girl back, and, you know, and worse, and worse. Also, she's autistic. I mean, it's just like you can't describe a more horrible situation than that. It was so bad and it just keeps happening. And if we just keep saying that, well, I didn't see it. So, you know, I, it's not as bad as people say or blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not working. It's not working. So something has to change. All right. Should we get back to like what happened here? Uh, Donovan Mitchell is ejected. Joe Ingles is ejected. He pushed Ed Malloy <laughs> after the fight with Rudy Gobert and, and Miles Turner. Uh, sorry guys. Now I just, you know, it's really hard to talk about basketball sometimes when you start kind of going into those things. It's really rough. Um, and I appreciate you guys caring about it too, because you know what? It's a big deal and it needs to change. You know, Utah is is a great place and I love living here, but there are things that go on here, obviously that need to change. And, and, uh, I don't know. It's gotta be better. It's gotta be better. I don't know. So, uh, but let's talk about the jazz a little bit. I do want to like, I do want to talk about the jazz. And if you're still here, you are awesome. And I appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Everyone listening right now, live, Everyone who watches it after the fact, you're awesome. Let's do our part. Let's really like stop. Let's stop saying the status quo is okay. And let's, let's vote for people who are going to do things to fix it. And that, that means school boards, uh, local mayors, local elections. Let's hold people accountable for what they do, you know? The local elections are as important as any of them because those are the people that really affect these things. School boards, uh, town halls, things like that. Go to these things. Let them know that this is not okay and this needs to change. And and hopefully we can make a change. Uh, anyways, you know, we talked about how bad the refs were. They were bad, mostly because they were not calling. Sometimes they need to call a foul to... to let the player know like, Hey, I saw that that shouldn't have happened. There's the foul. And guess what? That makes the player happy. But when like the miles Turner fouls, Rudy Gobert like that, Rudy Gobert retaliates by pulling him to the ground. Miles Turner's mad because he's already mad at Rudy Gobert. And you just, you can see how it escalates. And that's what turned this into this. That's why it's the ref's fault. Yes. It's Rudy Gobert's fault because he instigated with the guy, but the the, if the ref had called the foul, then there wouldn't have been a fight. It's just, that's just basic. That's just the fact. Uh, as far as the basketball, <laughs> the Jazz have a few uh, issues. Uh, one tonight was the rebounding. It just wasn't good enough. And, you know, I, I wonder if tonight was kind of an emotional loss because of these things we've talked about tonight. You know, uh, Donovan Mitchell continues to play at just an incredible level. Uh, 11 for 20 from the field, 26 points, four assists, five rebounds. He's just all NBA level right now. He's unbelievable. Uh, Mike Conley just didn't have a good game. He got absolutely torched by um, TJ McConnell all night. It was, it was bad. And I don't know if it was just a low energy night for the jazz because of this, because that, you know, was horrible. Uh, the Joe Ingles stuff is just, he's getting backdoored a lot. And there were a few good signs tonight where he was driving to the rim with the pick, the pick and rolls. 
uh, that he hasn't done a lot this year. He at least wasn't just kind of dumping it off right at the at the top of the free throw line like he's been doing. But uh, Ingles played a little bit better tonight, but defensively he is just – it's just not there, guys, and it's a struggle. And maybe he'll get ejected, and that will actually force Quinn to, like, sit him for a game. Uh, but tonight, Joe Ingles, it's like a deceptive – I don't know, seven points – Four assists, four rebounds. He was one for four from three. He was three for six from the field, which is an improvement. That's a good sign uh, for him to uh, uh, be driving to the hoop and getting those layups. Uh, cook it up, ZZ. Thank you, my man. Seven ninety nine. I really don't understand why everyone has career games against the Jazz. Keelan Martin, Ben Simmons, Eric Gordon. Every every damn time. Let let Jared play. I agree. But thank you, cook it up. Thank you so much. And I agree. Here's the thing. Uh, the Jazz might have the best rim protection in the NBA on defense while also having the worst perimeter defense in the league outside of like Royce O'Neal. Donovan Mitchell's picked it up a little bit, and when Mike Conley's playing hard, he's solid. But the Jazz wings and small forwards and forward def defense is putrid. It is so bad. <laughs> like Joe Ingles can't guard anybody. He gets backdoored at least twice a game now, at least and and Boyan Bogdanovich, who before tonight had had some really good games tonight, Boyan was pretty, uh, pretty meh. Three for nine from the field, eight points, two rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, two turnovers. That's that's uh the playing equivalent of bleh. really not good. Um. And so it's not great. Uh. You know, it was really, you know, you, you think about what happened and you wonder if it was. There was a thing at the end of the game that was really weird to me. I do not know why Quinn leans so hard on Joe Ingles. I don't understand. Because there was at one point, Eric Paschal was in the game near the end. And he was absolutely killing it. He was bringing energy. He was uh, making plays. He was, he like grabbed an offensive rebound, big play with a putback. He had a big dunk at one point during the game. His athleticism shows up in really big ways. And the Jazz got within like five with him on the floor. And Quinn pulls him after having sat Ingles to bring Ingles back in. And Ingles for this game was a minus six, but I felt like it should have been worse because, I mean, he played with the starters when they were like a minus. Donovan Mitchell was amazing in this game and he was a minus 15. And I don't, that's a case where I think plus minus doesn't show. Uh, what was going on, but uh, Joe Ingles is just, I don't know. He looks like 10, 15 pounds overweight to me. He's just slow, and I don't know if it's because he just didn't, he played at the Olympics and had a short off season, you know, but guess what? Like a lot of people did, and you've got to figure out how to get back into game shape, I guess, but he just looks so slow and tired, and I mean, there were points at the end of the game where instead of like guarding and, and playing perimeter defense, he was like trying to touch foul, like go watch the end of the game. There was that one where he knew he got beat and he tried to touch foul the guy, the refs didn't call it. And he like, instead of like getting back, he just kind of throws his like, how are you not calling the foul? You know, like the refs aren't going to save you, Joe. You can't rely on the refs. And I think the jazz, I think Rudy Gobert a little bit has been affected by kind of the rule changes. And the, this is one thing with the refs. I hate, I hate referees. I hate the dirty zebras. I really hate them. Um, but one thing I will give them credit, and this puts a bad taste in my mouth, uh, is that I have appreciated the the not calling fouls for certain things, and it's lowered the amount of foul calls in general, it feels like. It actually feels like because the refs aren't 
letting players manipulate them. It's sped the games up too. It's really improved the product. But I do feel like this physical play has affected Rudy a little bit because I think that he goes in and he's expecting these touch fouls and they're just not happening. Or Joe Ingles, who tries to do a touch foul and and tries to touch the player instead of guard him and get a foul and and uh, and he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't get the foul. Like that's not defense, Joe. I feel like these rule changes with the referees have actually improved the game. Like we're watching more basketball. James Harden trying to manipulate refs and like learning how to draw fouls is not basketball. And the guys who relied on that have struggled. And so that's one thing Rudy's got to realize is that you can't rely on referees and relying on referees. Like maybe it worked in the past is not something you can do and win basketball games, you know? So uh, Rudy's got to just fight through it and and just understand it. I mean, it's like Shaq in the old days. Shaq used to get fouled so much, but how many times they actually called it was different than how often he actually got fouled because he'd get fouled, honestly, almost every play because Shaq was a behemoth and he just played through it and he'd get mad, but he would dominate. And Rudy Gobert's got to be like that. You know what? You're not going to get every foul call, it's like especially with the how they're calling it now. He's got to fight through it. Got to fight through it. You just have to. And, you know, it's a it's it's 90s basketball again a little bit. Physical play is is being allowed and, you know, this is a good thing in some ways because it preps you for the playoffs so that the playoffs are called the same way as the regular season and I wonder if that's literally the change they made. It said there shouldn't be a difference between regular season and playoffs, you know. So it's it's good prep for the playoffs, but they've got to fight through it. The Jazz have to be better that way. Um, I think that's pretty much all I had to say tonight. Uh, Joe Ingles has to be better. It's been a struggle. Uh, Jared Butler needs to play. Uh, I you know Trent Forrest got three minutes tonight. Um, you know I I don't know why. Uh, Quinn's going that way. I don't know why three minutes for Trent Forrest is more important than three minutes for Jared Butler, but I would like uh, Jared Butler to get those minutes. Um, also, I might be interviewing Jared Butler on Monday, so that'll be kind of cool, um, and we'll see if that happens. I've had opportunities like this in the past, and they have fallen through, so we will see, but it should be interesting and pretty cool. So we'll find out, and I'm going to see if I can post that on the channel or if that'll be on SLC Dunk, but if you guys are watching for the first time, if you're new here, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel uh, and join the channel too. Uh, if you haven't, uh, if you just want to subscribe to the channel, I would really appreciate it. Let's give a shout out to our all-stars. These are the guys that make things happen. Uh, <laughs> the energy's low tonight. I'm not going to lie, guys. That stuff makes me sad. It really is a bummer. And if I'm feeling like this talking about it, imagine having to play a basketball game. But let's power through, all right? Uh, let's give a shout out to the GOAT, Jordan Besserill, Ryan Perry, the legend, uh, Baby Elliot Matson, Joshua Hansen, the Danish destroyer, and and one Anton Warren, Ezekiel Ricebe, the man from down under, JT Buckets Wardell, Austin R. Grant, editor extraordinaire, Eric C., the C stands for champion, Donald Schooley, school and all of us, DW to CB, Darren Williams to Carlos Boozer, Jorge Arrizaga, mi amigo de Abajo, Lee Christensen, drive in the lane, Justin, Cha Justin Time, Justin Ty H., Patrick Akubo, the connoisseur, Robert Hall of Fame, and DW, jazz going all the way. Uh, Key himself, $2. Thank you, my friend. Whiteside giving us twice the production of favors. He really has. Whiteside's been an incredible pickup. Uh, Jared Butler was a nice rookie uh, 
second round pick is crazy good for Jared Butler. Uh, Whiteside for like a veteran minimum, I think. And then also Eric Pascal, who we might have traded for literally nothing if the picks don't convey. Unbelievable offseason. Really, really good. Uh, but the Jazz, you know what? The Jazz need a big trade deadline. They do. Because the perimeter defense is not good enough. And the rebounding is not good enough. And the Jazz need to... The Jazz need to do something to figure that out. And they've got some pieces that might fit, but they also have a redundancy with a lot of guys. And so we'll see what they can do. Uh, Justin Zanuck's done a pretty darn good job with his first season as, like, the guy with no restrictions. Uh, it's been awesome. Anyways, guys, like and subscribe if you haven't already. If you're on SLC Dunk Podcast, please make sure and go give a rating and review. Five stars would be much appreciated. Guys, I will talk to you next time.